One time I was drunk on a morning show in Montana The host asked me if I had a nickname Said my friends call me the Dirtbag King She said on the air I started giggling Hasn't had me back but now I've got this podcast Welcome to my podcast Hey folks, welcome to A Dirtbag's Guide to Life on the Road. This is your host, Charles Ellsworth. I'm speaking to you from the belly of the beast. I'm in the van in the parking structure of our hotel in Memphis, Tennessee. And this was the best place for me to record this intro and this podcast. Doing something a little different this week. I don't have a recording with a guest ready for this week, but I wanted to make sure I got an episode out because I've got a good following of loyalists that seem to be listening every week and it's and that's really cool. So I wanted to I didn't want to leave you hanging. So this week I'm doing a bit of a Q&A. Uh, I put up some questions on the internet, or I asked I asked people to ask me questions through my Patreon page, my Instagram, and through my Facebook. And we got some questions that came in, so I'm going to answer those questions eventually. I uh, wanted to say thanks so much to everybody who's come out to shows on the Moon in Miami tour so far. It's definitely been my most successful tour, quote-unquote, so far. Uh, every show seems to have had, like, a a decent to large crowd and you know definitely much more just consistent than any tour I've been on before and so exciting and I think a lot of reasons are behind that I think a lot of my supporters out there those of you listening definitely were able to let your friends know about the shows coming up and uh we did a better job of advertising this one and just making sure people had plenty of notice so so I'm starting to put it all together in a way that uh, the, the tours seem to be growing and making more more sense, and and it's really cool. It's it was a really fun tour, and we've got we've got a show tonight, and then one tomorrow night, and then one Saturday night, and those are the rest of our shows. So I just want to say thanks so much, everyone who came out. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'm hoping to get it out tonight. So if you're in Memphis, Tennessee, catch us at Murphy's tonight. Tomorrow night, we're in Madison, Indiana at Off-Broadway Tap Room. And then Saturday night, we're in Chattanooga, Tennessee at Cherry Street Tavern. So if you're in any of those cities and you can make it out, that would be amazing. We'd love to see you. But if not, thanks so much, everyone who's made it out to shows on this tour. It's been fantastic. I'm trying to plan a solo tour for this summer, so hopefully I'll get to catch those of you that are listening that didn't get to come to a show this time around. Hopefully I'll be able to catch you all this summer. It'll be great. The sponsor for this week's podcast is once again my Patreon. If you're not familiar with my Patreon or with what Patreon is, pretty much it's like a subscription service where you can sign up for whatever amount you decide and that money goes to directly supporting an artist or a project that you think deserves your help or that you you want to put some financial backing behind because you know that that is what makes it possible and so if you become a patron of mine on patreon there's a lot of different things you can get all the way from three dollars a month to a hundred dollars a month you get different things in return for whichever tier you sign up for and if you sign up for the ten dollar a month or more you get a shout out on this podcast which is why i want to do a quick shout out to my friends mike eccleston and katie willis for being supporters of mine on patreon and in real life uh 
They're two of my best friends. I love them dearly. They live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, I met Michael in college. We go back all the way back to a screenwriting class where I liked some things that he said, and I offered to give him a ride home, and uh, and that's where our friendship started. And then Mike and Katie met at a, a party in Salt Lake City that I was actually at. It was a going away party for my friend Josely Paulette, who was on the podcast two weeks ago when she moved to Seattle. And so Mike and Katie met, and they've been dating ever since and they got married they're the just the best people and i love them so much they're so generous and just they i love that when they think of something they want to do or accomplish they one make it happen a lot of people don't do that a lot of people have all kinds of things they want to do but they're afraid to take the risks or be vulnerable and and do the things required to accomplish those things but when Mike and Katie decide to do it not only do they finish those things but they do it within an uncompromising way in which they don't compromise quality or their vision unless absolutely necessary and I think the reason why the things that they create like their bars or the projects that they work on the reason they're so so successful in uh, aesthetic way financial Actually, the, the reason they they do so well is because they don't compromise. One time Mike told me, he's like, I don't half-ass anything in life. Why would I do that in business? And that really struck a chord with me. Um, I've thought about that at least once a week since he said that to me, possibly two, three years ago. And it's made a big difference in how I approach things that I try and do. In, you know, And I, I feel like I've never been someone who half-assed things, but due to financial reasons or whatnot, you might cut corners and things like that when you're working on certain projects. And now I try and think twice before doing that. Or it's like, am I compromising the overall quality or vision by cutting this corner? And if I am, then I try and find a way to do it without compromising. And Mike and Katie, you're huge inspirations. I don't even know if you're going to listen to this because you're so busy and there's probably better podcasts for you to listen to than listening to me talk because we talk all the time. (laughs) But I just love you both so much and I want to say thanks so much for being patrons of mine. Now, we don't really have any other traditional sponsors for this show. If you like the show and you want to help support it and make sure that I can keep doing it, signing up for Patreon is a great way to do that. Um, Also, you can go to Bandcamp, charlesellsworth.bandcamp.com, and you can order a t-shirt or a record or, or buy some of my music digitally. If right now spending money isn't something that you can do, which I totally understand, I'm been there so many times the best thing you could do is just spread the word tell your friends about the podcast anyone you think that would enjoy it if you have a specific episode that you like share it on the internet and tell people encourage them to listen same with my music if you if you like a song of mine or a record and you happen to be someone who listens to music on apple music just share that music on the internet with your friends or send it to someone who you think would really enjoy it. That's honestly the best way for my fan base or the the listenership of this podcast to grow is through word of mouth. Uh, we get bombarded with so much stuff through the internet these days, whether it's advertising or just, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. It's hard to really break through that noise as someone who's trying to 
get a foothold in people's attention and, and get them to actually take a moment to listen to or interact with the things that I've created. And it's so much easier to break through to people when it's suggested by someone that they trust. And so just by posting something or sharing it with a friend or whatever, you kind of help me break through that barrier that we put up because we're just so bombarded all the time with all these advertisements and all this information that you know, we all kind of have this barrier up. And so if you suggest it from a friend or if it comes from a source that you respect, usually you're that much more likely to check it out or listen to it. And that goes for not just my stuff, but any artist or independent artist or podcaster or you know YouTuber or whatever that you support and that you really like but doesn't really have a huge fan base you get to be the shepherd of that fan base in a way by spreading the word to other people who would enjoy it and and who would who would find joy in that art and i think that's a really powerful thing that people don't realize is the amount of power you have just purely through suggestion so i really appreciate all of you that have been out there sharing my music with your friends all these years and then also those of you that are newer uh, newcomers listeners of the podcast uh, welcome thank you so much for being here it's I feel so honored and blessed to be able to do what I've been doing the past few weeks on the road with my dog and my friends just playing rock and roll music and getting to see different people every week it's pretty fucking fantastic and I just want to say thanks so much we're going to jump right into some of these questions we didn't get a ton of them uh, which is awesome because I don't have a ton of time to record this but I think uh, it's going to be a pretty fun little episode so let's see what we got here so this first question is something I get asked a lot um I met someone at our LA show this tour her name was Shekinah and she's a singer and she's an artist and she was just like asking me like she asked like do you who books all who does your touring and who books it and who who's the manager and everything like that and I was like I do all of it and she's like oh my god like that's amazing like I'm trying to book shows like, I don't even know how to how to begin, you know, and like so many people come up to me like in this specific question is like, how do you book a tour? Um, but so many people come up to me and ask me these questions or like, I, I'm new. I've got these songs that I want to share, but I don't even know how to book a show. Like, how do I do that? And so without going too, too deep into detail, which I would love to eventually maybe do like a YouTube series or something on this. I'm sure there's plenty of YouTube videos on how to make a a proper email to send to book a show but my advice to start out is just find a way to share your music um booking a tour is a whole other beast but if you're just starting out open mic open mic open mic open mic like honestly some of the dearest friendships i've made in the music world were at open mics uh some of the best inspirations i've had were just talking to people after an open mic because you're all just raw and have these raw ideas and so just sharing those and then interacting with people who are new and starting out you get new ideas of, of how to you know jump on shows you meet people who are like hey i need a person for this show and so you know maybe someone at the open mic is a little further ahead of you and they're booking their own shows but they're still playing the open mics every week and they happen to like one of your songs a lot and they'll be like hey I need you to I need someone to open this show next month could you do it and there's an in and then you you have to look at it all as like every relationship you're ever gonna make is important 
root and needs to be nurtured and garnished in a way that you never burn that bridge. Obviously, burning bridges is really bad, but something I'm starting to notice, especially on this tour, is like, oh, the most successful shows I'm having are through relationships that I've garnered and worked on for a long time. Like yesterday, was that yesterday? No, two days ago, we played the Mercury Lounge in Tulsa, which is like, I'd say it's a world famous, uh, like Americana rock and roll country bar in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They have music seven nights a week. The night we played the happy hour set and then they had a sold out show after us with I think two or three bands. So they know music and they play a lot. They have a lot of music coming through and I've been trying to play at that bar in Tulsa for five or six years, no joke, like since I first heard of it. And um, for the longest time they wouldn't respond to my emails and I used to take that kind of personally. Now I approach it different differently. But then, you know, like these years later I'm playing a show at their at their bar really I can honestly say that that's purely just through persistence meeting people and making connections and realizing that we're all in the same circuit we're all friends like my friend Bob Fleming and the Cambria Iron Company they know all the folks at Mercury Lounge Tulsa and then same with my buddy Braden who I met at a show in New York City now lives in Tulsa and bartends at Mercury Lounge and he plays in a band called Humminbird that rules and it's like you start to see like I like to call it the the Americana triple A or minor league where we're kind of on like this this circuit where we're, we're maybe not selling out like the we're not I'm not the late show at Mercury Lounge that's sold out and you know has a couple hundred people at but we're starting to play these venues and you're starting to make these connections and you meet people that are all it's all kind of interconnected and so one I'm totally rambling but you want to just make sure like you don't burn bridges make sure that when your name comes up they want to like have a little bit of a smile and be like that dude or that chick or that person or that human rules or like I just love how they always have a positive attitude I just love you know whatever it is it's I can count numerous people my buddy Vincent Draper dude always has a smile on his face is always just fucking stoked to be playing music to be meeting new people just to be out there doing what he loves and that's infectious people love being around vincent because he's fun to be around so that's like um a great place to start that doesn't really tell you how to book a tour the next thing i would say though is like if you're at that level where you're trying to start touring a little bit or play some more shows out of town i would say one start small like maybe do a weekend out of town say you live in um phoenix and you're like okay well we're gonna do a weekend of shows where thursday we're gonna try and play tucson friday's gonna be phoenix and saturday's gonna be flagstaff or jerome or you know just think about within a like 50 to 100 miles or if you live out west and everything's further you know like what's two to four hours away because it makes it makes it all make more sense financially when you start smaller and you can kind of grow that way and then like when you're booking a tour you're pretty much just sending hundreds of emails like so many emails especially if you're trying to play in cities you've never played before like honestly i still spend so much time booking a tour that it's like okay places to play in kalamazoo michigan and you google that and then you start like looking through all the venues you can find just by googling about the music scene in kalamazoo michigan and then you're like oh there's this brewery that looks like 
oh, this band, oh, wait, Bob Fleming and the Cambria Iron Companies played at that venue before. Okay, maybe I should hit up my buddy Bob and be like, hey, who's the booking contact, blah, blah, blah. Or you're just like, oh, I know that that's the level at which I kind of play those shows, so I'm going to... So I think that's a good fit for me and my band. And so then you find the email for the booker and you send an email and the email you, without getting too in depth, you're selling yourself. You want to make them feel like it's a good move to have you play at their bar on a Friday or Saturday night. You want to make sure you put your best foot forward and make sure there's no typos or whatnot. Make sure it's a good, concise email where it just says, hey, my name's so-and-so. I've heard of your bar or brewery or restaurant through this. I think it would be really cool for my band to play there. This is us, and this is why I think we'd be a good fit. Let me know if you think so, too. You know, essentially it's that. And it, it can be super quick. It's always good to have a connection. Like if you have a friend, like if Bob Fleming's played there before, and you're and Bob, you'd reach out to him, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, that place is cool, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know that you've got his permission as like a reference. It's kind of like looking for a job. You list him as a reference. Like my buddy Bob Fleming's played there before and said he really enjoyed it. I'd love to play there. And so that's like the first start. And honestly, I probably send 20 emails like that sometimes to one show that I get. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of work. But you kind of figure out a system in which to do it. And you, you like make a spreadsheet so you can keep track of it. And then the next big thing is send follow-ups. It's so crucial to send follow-ups. Two weeks later, send a follow-up. Be like, hey, I don't know if you saw this this email, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'd still really love to play at your venue in a few months. Essentially, like, what do you think? Um, you got to send those, those follow-ups because these people that are booking shows are getting hundreds of emails a week or a day. They get so many emails. I, I'm starting to get way more emails than I can handle, and I'm just like a a dude. <laughs> um, you you want to make sure you send follow-ups. I used to take it really personally when people didn't get back to me. And that's just like not the way to go. Like don't it's hard to not take things personally when you're when it's in reference to your art. But honestly, it doesn't really get you anywhere being super sensitive and not letting some stuff just be like roll off your back because cuz honestly most people don't mean anything bad to you or it's it's not personal that they're not they're not like fuck that guy or that person it's it's more just like oh they didn't get around to it and your name didn't pop out because they don't know who you are so they they accidentally missed your email so send a follow-up i'll send follow-ups every two weeks until i get a no or until i get a like yes and honestly i can't tell you how many times i've booked off of like the fifth follow-up that's why you want to give yourself plenty of time to book these tours because usually I used to try and book tours two to three months out. These days I'm trying to do it five months out if I can. Sometimes I fall behind and like I've got to book some shows for this summer and it's not five months out. But honestly, like I try and start start booking a show five months before it happens or a tour, not a show. Sorry. But yeah, start small. Don't don't do what I did. I just like jumped into like I mean, with I have like a weird career, but like with my solo stuff because I had done a little bit of touring with my old band me and my buddy Trace just like jumped in the van and started touring and even before that I just jumped in the van and started living out of it with my buddy Tyler and you know played shows and whatnot but it's honestly it just makes so much sense to just start small and build your way up so many people that I know have just burned themselves out by trying to book a 
a long tour and then it, not enough of it comes together and then they're broke and they, they don't have shows for like a week and they got to somehow get have gas to get from Boston to Florida even though they don't have any shows and and like that's just a recipe for burnout and for just not wanting to do it anymore because it's it's really hard and it's hard to make money in a way that it makes sense financially playing music it's just the fact of the matter is there's just not a ton of money in it so you got to make it make sense and slowly build um i'll get to more a little bit later um about that and but but like what the way i did i was just obsessed with traveling and playing music and i was just going to make it happen and and it's just kind of what i've dedicated my life to but there would have been much easier ways for me to do it had i wanted to um, approach it a little bit differently and start small and grow that way. Um, and I kind of wish I had in a way, I don't have any regrets, but I think it would have made a lot more sense. So think about it, think about how you're going to grow this thing. And, you know, if there's a town a few hours away that you've got some relatives and some friends that you know, or that people that went to college there and you know, you can draw a crowd out, maybe start by trying to build a fan base there and in your hometown and play over there once a month and then in your hometown twice a month or whatever makes sense. And then you start growing from there. Uh, the next question is a two-parter. I got two different questions about banjo, so I'm kind of going to put them together. The first one is, have you had a harder time touring now that you have banjo? And the second one is, how is tour different now that you have banjo? So I would say that it hasn't been a harder time touring um, but if it has been harder, it's because of the things that are different and mostly like it just adds a whole other logistic to the plans, you know, touring a lot of it, you know, when you're touring with the band, it, depending on how many people are in the band, it can honestly feel kind of like herding cats sometimes when, you know, I'm like, if I'm the one in charge and, or I'm the one that booked everything and I planned everything out and the guys are just kind of like looking at me like, what's next, what's next, like, be, that's because I'm the one that's got it all planned in my head because I've been planning it for five months. And then we throw banjo into the mix and it's just like a whole other logistic for me to worry about. But the way I try and plan on that is one, like just dedicate more time to it. Um, like this morning I woke up early and walked banjo, um, you know, out around our hotel in downtown Memphis because I knew that like I needed to, do that right away you know and I do that when we're home like first thing in the morning we he and I go on a walk and so but like you know if I wanted to sleep in this morning it would have been like walk banjo and then go back to sleep um and so also when we're traveling you know if if I've got a drive that's going to take me six hours normally I plan on it taking about seven because each stop that we make, I'm going to have to let Banjo out. I'm going to have to let him pee, um, try and give him some water, try and give him some food. It just adds a whole element to it. But on the flip side, I have my best friend with me. He and I just cuddle and have a great time when we can, when there's time for it. We play. Um, he brings such joy to my life that having him with me on tour is a is really grounding it's really uh it's really just a reminder like just don't sweat the bullshit don't sweat the dumb shit like 
you got this sweet dog that like loves you and um and you're on the road playing music with your friends and you're having a great time like why are you going to get stressed out about this little thing that doesn't fucking matter that much you know like it's just really grounding to have him with me um it's all you know it's it's like all the benefits of having a pet you know it's nice to have something that gets my love and affection and attention and and that I get to care about um I think a lot of times you know like the loneliness we feel when we aren't in relationships or when I don't mean at least for me when like I would get depressed and stuff like that it's like part of it is like yeah I've got like this love inside of me that I want to give I want to I want to like I want to share with with the world in some way but also I'm like a dude and sometimes I find it difficult to do that because of just societal norms and the way I was raised and whatnot but now with banjo it's like oh there there's this perfect outlet for like this love and emotions and just caring that I want to like put towards another thing and and I get to do that with banjo and it's the same thing on the road is it yeah it makes things more difficult but he's I don't know he's the the joy of my life the light of my life so it makes it all worth it um and also there's you know the very practical side of like if we're playing a show in Phoenix and it's too hot for him to just hang out in the van cuz a lot of times when we're playing shows at night you know he just hangs out in the van if he's not allowed in the bar and he loves it he just like cuddles up and goes to sleep it's like his little kennel and so or his big kennel i guess um but you know if it's too hot for a dog to be hanging out in a van you got to find a place from to stay in Tucson the other day we were in my friend's back we left him in my friend's backyard and it was you know he was totally fine there and uh it kind of sucks leaving him behind sometimes but you know he's safe and and um that just has more to do with my um codependence issues than anything I think (laughs) but yeah touring with banjo I wouldn't say it's been more difficult it it adds a different layer of logistics to everything but it also makes it's it's just a nice reminder of like why you do everything it's like oh because i want to be able to buy food for banjo so i have to like make money in capitalism and sometimes that means being on tour next question is do you have a day job um right now i do not have a day job i have day jobs plural uh so music doesn't cover my expenses it might for a few months out of the year when i'm on tour or if you took all the money i made from music all year long and added it up it might cover you know 30 to 60 percent of my income for the year that's all all really depends on on the year and how much money i spent i guess uh or how much time I spent on tour. My I do a lot of random jobs when I'm in New York. I've done recently, like my background is in video um, or film. I went to school for, I talk about it all the time on the podcast, so you guys know, I, I went to school for film and media arts at the University of Utah, and nowadays sometimes I'll do... I'll edit some videos for for clients or do some motion graphics, things like that. So I have a handful of clients that I try and keep doing work for pretty regularly. And if and if some of them, you know, every once in a while, it, that relationship seems to end or they're like, oh, we don't really need this anymore for a while, then it's time to go looking for another client. So that's, that's one way that I make money. Um, I also do some, like... PA or like roadie work for bigger bands in New York when 
they're doing shows. Um, I've done everything from like just hauling equipment and loading a truck to being an assistant for the tour manager and running around the city and picking up lunch and things like that for them. So, you know, like that's like kind of the wild thing about New York City is there's just so much work to be had uh, especially like I'm fortunate enough that I have a lot of like really random skills um just from working so many random jobs in my life that you know if someone's like hey can you like the first job I ever did in New York City was like I was I had been there for two days and I was sleeping on a friend's couch looking for an apartment and another friend was like hey can you repair a roof yeah uh and I you know ended up being like I had to like patch up a warehouse roof because they were throwing a rave in there and they had hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of like lighting and music gear and uh it was supposed to rain that weekend so the dude was like I just need you to patch this roof good enough to make keep it from raining or keep it from water getting into into the building and so I yeah so I got a bunch of trash bags and tar and uh and patch the roof uh that's that's what's the nice thing in in New York is like there's usually if I you've probably possibly seen on the internet me post like hey I'm looking for work and that that covers a very wide spectrum of things I'm able to do um and and I have a a really good network of people that that know when I'm in town and know like to keep an ear out for random jobs like hey I need someone to help me move my bed to my new apartment and I've got the van and so they'll be like hey talk to Chuck and you know someone will throw me like 50 bucks for helping to move or whatnot so it's kind of just like a constant hustle trying to put together like enough money to cover the bills and um and yeah like and then that's also what kind of keeps me planning tours regularly it's like I'm like oh man I don't know if I can scramble and look for work for for the next six months so about a month into kind of getting back from tour and like putting together a living for about a month I'm like okay let's I got to figure out a way out of this so I'll start planning a tour for three to five months later that way at least I'll have like a month come I know I've got a month coming up where all I got to do is travel around and play music and that'll cover my bills so um super privileged and lucky place to be I feel very fortunate for that I'm also not gonna lie like I've put a lot of time and effort and work into getting to this point I I haven't gone back to bartending since before the pandemic I would like to not do that unless it's a a certain situation I, I love the years that I spent in the service industry and all the skills that I learned and all the people that I met um I don't think it's the most beneficial place for me to sell my labor at the moment and so I'm trying to find other ways to do it but that's always an option that's kind of what acts as or in the past has acted as my quote-unquote day job is bartending and um you know and we'll, we'll see I'm not never say never but I'm just trying not to do that um if I can the that but that kind of leads me into the next question I get this a lot and someone asked like how do you afford to tour and play music and everything and um that's I mean, that's a really good question, and and it's changed throughout the years. A podcast I listen to a ton, I'm sure you guys, if you listen to both, you know that I've probably, I don't know, you're probably aware that I listen to both. It's called The Working Songwriter, and it's hosted by Joe Pug. And he says this a lot, that his dad, when he was decided to go into the arts and go into playing music, his dad kept telling him, keep it skinny, Joe. Just whatever you do, just keep it skinny. And, um... 
I didn't really have that term for it, but I always kind of knew that was like the way to do it is like try not to spend your money on, on other shit. Cause you're not going to have a lot of money coming in. So I've always tried to find myself like the, the least expensive living situation I could, I could find you, but that also, I could also like do with my mental health, you know, there's like that balance of like, Oh, this is really cheap. But like my roommates like cooking meth, like obviously probably not worth it. But like, you know, my current situation that I've been at for like six, seven years now, six and a half, I think seven years is there's four, four roommates. There's five of us total and we've got one bathroom and it's, it's not, you know, it's not like super, super lavish, but it's also a great apartment and it's cheap. So figure out that balance of like, um, every time I've thought like, Oh, I really want to live by myself. I'm in my mid thirties. I don't want to have roommates. And then you look at the price of that and it's like, Oh, but I can't afford that unless I like go, go get a job. And then I can't afford to tour and play music and everything like that. So that's a big part of it is just trying to keep it skinny and figure out like those ways of like, honestly, like every few months I'm like looking at my overall budget and like, where can I trim the fat? Where am I spending too much money? Do I really use Amazon Prime that much? And do I really want to keep giving them money? No, fuck that. You know, trim that out. And you'll be surprised at how quickly trimming like 10 to $15 out of your budget here and there will eventually add up to like a legitimate amount of money that you're like, oh, fuck, like 150 bucks. That's like a sometimes what I get paid to play three hours of music, you know, or, or travel. And, you know, and so you start kind of quantifying that. Another thing is like so huge um, and so important is just get financially literate, get good at money. And I'm not saying like get good at growing your money or business or investments and stuff like that. Like, yeah, obviously that would be great, but not all of us can just do that. And a lot of times you need money to make more money. And for me to just be like, Oh, go get money. Like that's just a airhead thing to say. That's unless you can just go get money from someone that you can't just do that. So, but like read books about, about money, about budgeting, about your relationship with money. And some of it can get like, it, you'll be surprised. Some financial self-help books get really woo woo, like kind of out there manifesting, blah, 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 things like that. But I don't know. I, I don't like to throw out the baby with the bathwater. I like to try and find what value I can in certain books. Um, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, um, I don't know much about him as a person. Most capitalists that are like purely just capitalists, I'm probably not going to like get along with super well um, or really agree with or see eye to eye. But his dad or his his dad, his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, really kind of helped me re like change how I thought about money in a way or like how I thought about the things I owned and thinking about things as assets or investments versus liabilities. And so that's another thing is like when I was first starting out playing music and traveling, it was just me and an acoustic guitar I had gotten off of eBay for like 300 bucks. And that for like years, that was it, you know? And like people would kind of not take me super seriously because I was playing this like cheap Epiphone acoustic guitar, but I was playing what I, you know, I think were pretty damn good songs. And so, um, but I just kept it like so cheap for so long there's the other side of like yeah you have to spend money to make money and you have to understand 
like have a healthy relationship with money and how it comes in and goes and it, it needs to be more of a flow than than like stockpiling or like scarcity like if you have this scarcity mindset it makes things kind of difficult i'm really kind of brushing over some things there's a book called you are a badass which is a self-help book it, it is exactly what it sounds like but I was going through a pretty rough time a few years ago, both financially and mentally, and just not sure if, you know, continuing to play music and living the life was really for me. The pirate's life, was it really for me? Was I was I getting over it? And that book kind of helped re, refocus a lot of things for me and, and make me um, much more appreciative of the things that I got to do and I was... And like the life that I, I get to live, but also gave me a, a new kind of approach to like the right way to do it and the the mental attitude to have while doing it. So um, getting financially literate, like a huge priority, but then also make like if you want to tour and play music and or like anything you want to do creatively, if you want to do that and eventually you want to make it your full time job or even part time job or just grow the space in your life in which this hobby or this thing takes, you have to make it a priority. Like I, I know so many people throughout the years that would talk about how they wanted to do all these things with their music or with their art, but then instead were at the bar six nights a week drinking and partying and, and all their time and money and energy is going into that and and which is fine like I did that for a very long time and I set up my life in a way to where that didn't really cost me a whole lot financially it cost me a lot physically and mentally but because of like the connections I had in the bar industry it didn't really cost me a lot financially so I was able to keep doing it but like what's your what are your priorities and where are you putting your time and where are you putting your money like things and are you looking at things as an investment or you know like I I wanted to take a songwriting workshop last year with Courtney Marie Andrews who's who I love amazing songwriter just brilliant human being and it was like over it was like 120 bucks for the songwriting workshop but if you could get two people this if you and a friend signed up you could get it for like 100 bucks and so I put it out there and I was trying to get some people to sign up with me and multiple musicians and songwriters like expressed interest, but then they found out the price tag and they're like, I can't spend a hundred bucks. And I get that because I, I was just saying, you got to keep it skinny. But like I took, I found a way to make that workshop. Um, I had a patron who, a couple patrons that actually were like, Hey, I'll throw 20 bucks on this workshop for you. And that's how I paid for it, which thank you. You know who you are. Thank you so much for that. Um, but I took that workshop, I spent $100 on it, which is is, is a, a very legitimate amount of money, but then I wrote five songs, maybe six songs from that workshop, and um, not all of my songs have made me $100, but I have plenty of songs that have made me way more than $100, so that investment, like, obviously that paid off big time, that was a huge investment, so, so that's, I mean, where's your priority and how are you willing to spend or invest your money? And even if you don't see a, a financial return right away, knowing the value of something like that songwriting workshop was so inspiring. I wrote a bunch of songs. I got a bunch of new ways to approach writing songs that I'd never used in the past and all for a hundred bucks and for showing up to these classes for a few weeks. 
um, on the internet. So showing up for these classes like through Zoom in my underwear, in my, I don't know if I was in my underwear, but you know, you get it from my bedroom. Um, so yeah, like that's, I, I don't want to go too long into this and sometimes I feel kind of preachy. Uh, not my, not my point, not my goal. I'm just trying to say like, you know, there's, there's a difference between like wanting to do something and then actually making it a priority. And if you want to tour and you want to play music, you want to be in a band, like, you want to figure out a way to do this um there's there's a way to do it and the best way is to make it a priority and figure out a way to set up your life to where it all kind of feeds into each other um and yeah do me a favor real quick everybody um this will be quick just close your eyes i want you to close your eyes for a sec off in the distance not too far away is you on top of a hill and it's the version of you and on this hill is you doing all the things that that you currently don't think you're capable of doing but you really want to do or the goals living the life that you want and but now you might be a little too scared to approach or you might be a little too scared to to be that vulnerable or say that goal out loud that's the first step of just saying it out loud um if you stop and you just think about that place you want to be and that person you want to be like I mean you already are that person but but to be more an embodiment of this imagined self and then now take a moment and just picture the things that might be between you and that and not necessarily as a barrier not like a wall not not something that you have to get through but like what's the maze or the path or the journey where are the steps that would likely and logically lead you to that place on that hill and and you know like yeah there's going to be some dark patches that you don't know exactly how to make happen you know and and you're like I don't understand how to leap from from that rock to that rock but those rocks are 200 yards away right now right now you got to figure out how to get to the next step and so you can kind of start to fill in the gaps once you kind of imagine where you want to be and how you want to get there. Um, I have a goal of playing Red Rocks. I don't know anyone personally who's played Red Rocks. I don't know. I've never been to Red Rocks. Um, I know it's a place that exists, and I know bands that I love play there, and I know lots of people that I love and whose music tastes I appreciate love going to shows there. So I'm slowly and surely trying to put together the way... I'm going to get to playing Red Rocks in the next however many years. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm asking you all to do is um, the first step to doing something is imagining it and then just saying out loud that you want to do it. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. But it's really valuable to just say that, even if it's just to yourself. Just say, I want to play Red Rocks. I want to play a show at Red Rocks. I want that for myself. And I want that for the past version of me that's dreamt of playing music and dreamt of getting to where I'm at now. I want that for the younger version of me that used to just watch VH1's 100 Greatest Rock Songs of All Time for hours and hours all day long just because I just loved rock and roll so much and just loved music. I want that for the version of me that first picked up a guitar and was just so just filled with awe and just um, rock creative energy that like knew didn't know the slightest thing about how to make this thing make noise or how to make it do anything but I knew it was a powerful tool that I was holding and I felt powerful holding it I want that for every version of me that's ever existed to eventually be able to play Red Rocks and now I'm just gonna try and figure out how to get from point A to point B
I hope that didn't sound too wooey. I know it, it is a little bit. And I hope that made sense. Uh, if there's somewhere you want to be, you can, I'm sure, like, there's other people that have made that journey. So start investigating the way that they did it and then start figuring out how the, the, those lessons can form to your specific path. The last question that I was asked, I, I wanted to say for the end because this kind of, they kind of tie into everything. It, it's how do you appreciate each new stop and stay present even amidst exhaustion? Which is like such a good question um, because this, a lot, so much of this tour, we've been go, 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 go. We played a show every night for the first 15 nights and then our first day off had to drive 10 hours. Uh, so it's been a crazy tour, but I'd say the answer lies in, in also it's tied into the last question. Um, or the last thing I was saying is, is I've spent so much time imagining myself wanting to be where I'm at now or wanting to be playing music and having a dog in my own van and a, and a band of guys that I love playing music with that like seem to enjoy playing music with me. And, and so in those moments when I'm kind of cranky or I'm kind of, I'm exhausted and I'm tired and like maybe the show, we don't have the turnout that I was hoping for or whatnot. It's like taking that moment to appreciate like taking a step back and being like, this is amazing. Look at all you've built and accomplished. This is, this was all but a mere imagination or a mere figment of your imagination years ago. When I closed my eyes and I hoped to be somewhere, like I had told you all to do, this was kind of a place that I wanted to be. And now I'm here living like a dream that's become my reality in a lot of ways. And yeah, it's still kind of a fucking nightmare. Like Russia's still doing awful things in Ukraine and I'm, I still see poverty on a regular basis and ignorance and, and people are still fucking people. And, and yeah, it's, there's just plenty of fucking awful shit because that's just the reality of being alive. But also like my life is through whatever forces of hard work and just like hard headedness. And I mean, obviously privilege like allowed me to get to this point where I'm kind of living my dream. And if I can't take a moment to like appreciate that, most of the steps along the way, then I'm the asshole, you know, like there, there's nothing else to it. And, and not in a mean way, like not calling myself an asshole or whatnot, but in, you know, like you can, there, you can still call yourself an asshole in a way that is like self-loving. And so I don't know, that's, that's kind of my goal is like, don't be the asshole and, and remember how much went into get, getting you to this point. And yeah, maybe it's a Tuesday night in whatever town and the turnout's not super great. Dude, it's a Tuesday night and you're in a town you've never lived before and there's people here to see you play music regardless of crowd size. That's fucking awesome, you know. So, a lot of what goes into this too is just having the right mindset. And I almost destroyed myself a few years ago having the wrong mindset and and medicating around that bad man's that bad mindset with alcohol and different things and um I'm really glad that I was able to like I was given the chance to kind of reapproach things because I feel like I've got a much better understanding and appreciation of of all that I've accomplished but also of all the generous and beautiful souls that have been along the way and helped me out and helped me get to this point. So if you're one of those people and you're listening and you made it to the end of this podcast episode, I just want to say I'm so eternally humbled and grateful for your support and your love and your interest in me as a human being and what I do and, and as a songwriter and a musician. 
thank you so so much thank you everybody who's come out to a show on this tour if you've never heard any of my music please go check it out it's been an absolute pleasure answering these questions for all of you thank you everybody who asked questions thank you for listening please rate the podcast share it with folks blah 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 all of those things i love you so much i gotta get back to my band and dog who are just waiting in the hotel room for me while i sit here in the van rambling about all this stuff that i love so thanks for asking these questions thanks for listening i love you all take care Thank you.